0: Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Scenes of The Metal Detective. I'm your AI host, Sam. In this episode, we'll talk with the human behind the talent, actor, and producer, Jamie Fishback. But first, it's time for another mix-up.
1: This will do. Thanks for joining us today, Jamie. Hey,
0: Sam. Thanks for having me. It's been uh, an honor to be here.
1: To begin, can you introduce us to your character, Detective Schumann, in The Metal Detective?
0: Yeah, uh, so I play Detective Schumann. He is uh, Jack's boss and he is uh, her mentor uh, and father figure.
1: What was it about the character of Schumann that made you want to take on this role?
0: Well, as a father of two girls myself, I was, directly influenced by his uh, innate ability to want to be a protector and a guardian and a teacher to, uh, to Jack. And so right then and there, I knew that it, he would be a great uh, fit for me, uh, as well as just uh, loving the story of the metal detective and uh, the Agatha Christie of it.
1: So you mentioned that Schumann is kind of a father figure to Jack. Could you describe the dynamic between your characters? How did you approach playing a character who's so protective of her?
0: Yeah, um, their their dynamic is very much, uh, a, again, a father-daughter relationship where Jack is, you know, a moved out daughter and he's, he's trying to uh, guide her from afar, uh, but, she obviously has that stubborn nature about her and uh, will listen to him to a point, as one daughter does to her father. Um, but he's always there to save her when she falls down, pick her up uh, and try to make sure that she's protected as much as he can uh, as she goes through these struggles. Uh, even even while she's uh, in, inundated in the snow, he's always trying to find a way to get to her.
1: What elements from Detective Schumann's backstory, especially his long career on the New York City Force, did you draw upon to shape your performance?
0: Yeah, his life is one of pride and he's proud of what he's done. He's proud of who he is as a detective and he doesn't take Uh, the other people in his squad uh, lately, when they threaten him. Uh, You know, there's obviously some bad fish there. And so they, he doesn't put up with it. And because of that, I think that that leads to some interesting dynamics between him and his colleagues, him and uh, what he is fighting for with Jack and ultimately uh, him and his uh, relationship with the, with the Newmans.
1: Schumann is described as a hard-boiled detective and someone who's resistant to new technology. How did you incorporate these aspects into your portrayal? And do you see parallels to what's happening in the world today?
0: Uh, as we all get older, I feel like we all have the same opinion of, get off my lawn. Uh, and so I think he has the same opinion about that uh, when it comes to technology. Obviously he was uh, there for the uh, the massacre of the Newmans uh, or the Newmans massacring uh, the humans. And so that obviously leaves a, a bad taste in his mouth as it does with most people uh, when that happened. But e- even still, I think his approach is the same as ours are when new technology comes out and as we age. It's one of, oh, this is one more thing. One more thing I have to learn. One more thing I have to incorporate. One more thing I have to uh, learn about. And eventually you just get sick and tired of it and say, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm, screw it.
1: Can you share some of your favorite moments from the recording sessions for The Metal Detective?
0: Yeah, I think my favorite scene is is the one at the diner. Uh, you know, it, it layers in not only their relationship, uh, but it layers in the technology of Marge and the uh, the future of food with uh, grown or fresh. Uh, it also layers in the story of what's actually happening. You know, between his character and the uh, corrupt uh, police and Jack and her relationship with Newman's and Jack and her relationship with her partner. Uh, And so there's a lot of layers just in that one scene uh, as you go through it.
2: Page seven.
1: Fatal shooting in Chinatown. Cops forced to kill Newman
2: sanitation worker one cycle. They're claiming he came at the uniform with a machete. Responding officers use deadly force. I heard. Other burgers here. They kill the meat, they grow it. Grow. What can I get you? Can I get some pie? Any flavor, biggest piece you got. Come right up! You know what I heard? I heard Grimes and his crew were going to take out a second Newman today. But some dumb son of a bitch got in the way. Shit, Jackie, what were you thinking?
1: He has a kill list. Names, addresses. What was I supposed to do?
2: Forget you saw anything. Talking to IA is one thing, but you blow the whistle and the right people, there's a system to protect you. But this... You're a dead woman walking.
1: I'll go to the captain. You
2: can't go back to the 18th. If you do, you won't make it out alive.
1: Then I'll walk into IA. Cut a deal.
2: You won't make it into the front door. No, you need to do the same thing that you've been helping others do. Disappear. You
1: can't be serious.
2: They say California's dirt cheap after the last quake.
1: I can't leave.
2: Then your only hope is to face Grimes. Beg for his mercy.
1: Text message from home. Shit. I gotta go.
2: Home? You're still calling it that?
1: We've been talking. She asked me to stop by.
2: Take care of Grimes first. Make this right. Tomorrow. There's a storm coming tonight, Jackie. And I ain't talking about the
1: blizzard. You're a good partner, Bob. And a good friend. Really. Tell us about your past work. Was this your first audio drama? And how did this particular format affect your approach to the character?
0: Yeah, this, this was my first audio drama, and it was really fun to work on. The past work that I've done, uh, like I've said, I, I'm a dad, uh, and so that's what I play. I also play cops in most of my stuff, so it, it was uh, an easy transition to do this online uh, or audio only. Um, and so a lot of that, obviously I draw from, uh, from my past experiences in my real life and in my acting life. Um,
1: how would you compare the experience of an audio drama to your acting work in the visual mediums?
0: I would say that it's like comparing two different types of apples. You want a Fuji apple or you want a Honeycrisp and there are... You're acting, right? But you are providing a different type of acting. You know, with audio dramas, you are coming in with all of your lines ready to go and you're ready to just knock it out. And, you know, it's a very quick, very fast-paced turnaround where I was done in six hours, maybe even less. And, you know, in the video, uh medium talking six days seven days a week potentially with just my character alone and so there's obviously a big time difference but also in the video uh you know in uh video medium you were you are doing takes based on your reaction from the other people versus bringing in different types of reactions from the story itself so you're drawing more on your interpretation of the story than you are drawing on from the listening of your counterparts.
1: So it sounds like when you recorded your lines, you did that separately and not with the other actors.
0: Yes, exactly. So we recorded everything separately um, and we brought in variations of all the lines and it was up to the director Forrest to guide us in what he was looking for Uh, If we weren't able to provide it, you know, within our what our thoughts were
1: now, let's shift gears a bit You were also the associate producer on the project and instrumental in creating one of the key marketing elements The website for the Bradbury Hotel featured in the series Why don't you talk a bit about your inspirations for coming up with the site and the thought behind this campaign?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So my inspiration is always JJ Abrams when it comes to the mystery and his one of his TED talks from a long time ago was about the mystery box and uh, letting people find the mystery and be revealed by the mystery and the Bradbury was or is a way of expressing that mystery box online you know if you go to the Bradbury Hotel.com, uh you can rent A room at the Bradbury and you can look at the different rooms and you can see you know the amenities and the different things that the Bradbury provides and if you look closely enough there are cues in there that lead you to listen to the Bradbury or listen to the metal detective and see the um that no Newmans are allowed, or that uh, this is done in the future in 2045. And so sprinkling in those little Easter eggs helps uh, people who are interested in unboxing the mystery uh, a bigger experience in the metal detective world.
1: Well, it definitely gave a great visual representation of the locations in the story. It's so well done, you start to think, this could be a real place.
0: Yeah, exactly, and, that's, and that was the goal, right? Is to make a website that looked and felt just like a hotel that you could rent uh, you know, and be able to visit in downtown Manhattan in 2045. But obviously we're not in 2045 and that hotel doesn't exist, but the experience is still there uh, for somebody to find.
1: What kind of experience did you want the audience to have when exploring this site?
0: Obviously, the the end goal is always for them to listen to the metal detective and to experience uh, the audio drama uh, with a little more insight into what the audio drama is about, you know, with the Bradbury Hotel.
1: Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and insight with us today, Jamie.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Sam. It was a pleasure talking to you.
1: And to our listeners. To find out more about Jamie Fishback and the rest of our amazing cast, please visit bradburyhotel.com. Check in and listen and learn about the actors behind the characters. As always, we hope you've enjoyed the show and we ask that you follow, share, and review. Till next time, stay curious.